Hey, I'm Tiffany Woise, and this is the best of What's Mine is Yours. Good morning. Morning. There's some coffee behind me. Great, just what I need. What do you want to write today? I did have this one idea. Have you ever heard a song and felt like it was yours? That it was written for you? Me too. And that's why I moved to Nashville, Tennessee to record and sing songs written by people who have written songs you've heard. The songs you have grown to love, the songs you were raised on, and the songs that you've attached your stories to. Come along with me as I interview songwriters who write the words that inspire all of us. This is What's Mine is Yours. Tammy Kid Hutton. Tammy was born and raised in Kentucky. At a young age, she started writing and singing at festivals and regional jamborees. She attended University of Kentucky, and after graduating, she followed her dreams to Nashville to become a songwriter. It didn't take long for top writing publishers to want to sign her. She's written songs for Leanne Rimes, Rascal Flatts, Scotty McCreary, and Jana Kramer, to name a few. She's had music featured on television and in feature films. Tammy's success doesn't just stop at songwriting. Today, she works with artists and even produces. Tammy has become such a dear friend of mine. I met Tammy prior to the pandemic. And when I first met her, we just instantly connected. One, she used to be an artist, so I was able to connect with her on that level. And also, obviously, she's a woman. So we just started to really understand each other. And it was such, I believe, a God thing that we were put in contact with each other. The reason why I'm even in country music is because of the song Probably Wouldn't Be This Way and Leanne Rhymes. So I didn't know she wrote it when we first sat down. We were talking for like two hours over coffee in Nashville. And then I, you know, I told her that story and she just kind of looked at me like pale in the face and it, she was like, I wrote that song. And I was like, no way. There's no way that out of all the songs in country music and the one song that really made me become in love with storytelling and the songwriting community in Nashville is a song you wrote of all people. So I really think that things happen for a reason. And now she has been a huge part of my career as an artist for the last Oh my gosh, four years. So you had mentioned that you were experiencing some success with songwriting at the point where you decided to close the door on the artist yes. journey. What have been some of your biggest accomplishments thus far in this career? Obviously, the biggest song that I've had, just because it went to the top of the country charts and then crossed over and was actually my first single was Probably Wouldn't Be This Way by Leanne Rhymes. I was surprised they picked that as a, a single to begin with. And then I just remember that it was a very quick thing of it being us writing it and then doing a little guitar vocal and then her cutting it and then singing it on the ACM Awards. It was just, it was very quick and amazing and it's your first single and for it to do that well and resonate with so many people was pretty amazing to be a part of writing something that has really transcended in time and has crossed over you know from now country to pop and has done so well at radio tell me from what you remember just 
that experience of walking into the writing room that day. For me, this is what this show is all about, really digging into the minds of the writer and the writing room experience that day. Because I don't think a lot of people know what that's like. You hear the songs on the radio, you buy the songs on Spotify, but there is a start. There is a moment in which that song is birthed and a song that has had the success of probably wouldn't be this way. That had a a beginning to that. Yes. My co-writer, John Kennedy, uh, he and I have written a, a lot of things together. And we actually lived in the same subdivision at the time. So I walked over to his house and his studio at the time was his makeshift guest room and the closet was the vocal booth. And, you know, you do what you do. And so I walked over there that day and he said, I think I have a title. I was like, okay, what is it? And he said, probably wouldn't be this way. And I said, okay. So we went upstairs to the studio, in quotes, and he was thinking about how his mom had been affected by his father's recent death. And then, you know, we talked about some of my mom's experiences about losing my father when I was young and she was young. We talked about that. And then just as we were writing it, we wrote a character and as a younger female and what she would be experiencing, the minute things as well as the big things. Uh-huh. How long did it take to write that song? Less than an hour. Wow. Less than an hour. Yeah. That changed the trajectory oh. of your whole My whole life. life. My whole life. Which you obviously, how could you ever know? Right. And we just did a little guitar vocal and, you know, I'm crying through half of it. And, and it's just not great, but that's, that's all we ever did with that. And it got cut. It was just, it was crazy. Amazing. Being in the writing room, how often do you write still? Not as often since I've gone into some other areas of it, but I mean, I write every day. I write a little something every day, but my co-writes are, you know, once a week now instead of five days a week. Does it ever feel like work? Sometimes. There's probably some days you walk in and it feels not like magic. And then exactly. there's others that feel like magic. Exactly. Exactly. And you have to learn to roll with the days that aren't magic and, and get out of the way when there is magic. And I imagine the mood in the room. Yes. Affects the outcome of the song. Completely. Completely. You could have an idea or go in and it can come out completely different. Completely different than what you were thinking on your drive in to the office. Yeah. You can be really excited about it, and it's like, eh. Or you can think, I don't know if this is a great idea or not, and then you walk out at the end of the day like, wow, this could really be something. Yeah. Yeah. With the success of Probably Wouldn't Be This Way, you've had a few others that have really done well. Yes. And tell me your next favorite one. Mm. I think I know what it is, but... The next favorite one is Words I Couldn't Say. Yes. Rascal Flats cut that, and I was so thrilled to be on their record. And then a few years later, another dream of mine came true because it was used a lot in a movie called Country Strong with Gwyneth Paltrow and, and Tim McGraw. And one of my dreams as a little girl wanting to be a songwriter was to see my name at the end credits at a movie. That's like me with a Disney movie. Yeah. Maybe one day. Fingers crossed. It'll happen. 
it'll happen. And then you can sit there like I did and just cry uncontrollably in, in, in front of all the people there at the premiere. I was about to say, did you go to the movie premiere? Yes, went to the movie premiere. Yeah, it was it was definitely a fish out of water, just a shade. <laughs> I've always said that no matter whose song I cut, I want to make them proud. That's always something I really, really care about, giving the microphone back to the writer and letting them share their experiences of these songs coming to life. Because as artists, we bring them to life for an audience, but artists like you bring them to life for the artist to then give to the audience. So you start it first. And to be in the room with you while cutting it means something so much more to me than cutting another song because you're there and I get to really feed off of you, which is such an incredible thing. And I wish it was done more. I kind of wish artists had the writers in the room more just because there is this sense of of wanting to do it justice just yes. for the writer. And that's what I moved to town to do because I've really wanted to create magic with writers and make them proud. I've always admired the songwriting community. I grew up in Sacramento, California, where I wasn't with a diary and writing down my every thought. I watched Celine Dion and I had a microphone in my hand and wanted to be a singer. That was what I wanted to do. And we we love you. As a songwriting community, we love you, truly. Yeah. And I love how much you appreciate the crafting of the song and you really pay attention to the lyrics and you... It's you, fascinating to me. And I love how much you love it. And talking to songwriters is fascinating because your guys' brains work so differently. They do. <laughs> do you ever turn off the songwriter mode? I wish I could because there have been a few times when it's like oh, that was totally inappropriate because somebody will be telling me something, not horribly tragic, but, you know, they're telling me about a, a moment that they're having and I'm thinking, oh, that could be a song. That could be a song. Remember that line. Remember that line. Don't forget that line. She's like, oh, yeah. Sorry, sis. I'm bad. I space and I want yeah, that. Sorry. Please continue to tell me about your heart being broken. I'm very sorry. Things like that. Or I'm also a professional eavesdropper when I'm in a restaurant or a bar, wherever. Mm -hmm. I'm a professional eavesdropper. I so want to know what the person next table over is talking about. Do you find it just as easy to write about somebody else's story as it is to write about your own? Absolutely. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I can put myself... It's almost like acting. Well, sure. It's and like I, well, you become the character. And as an artist, you know that too. I absolutely agree with that. But I was going to say that maybe this is where some artists will differ from the songwriter brain. And I know there are artists that are also songwriters. But for me, who is mainly a entertainer and a singer. Yes. I cannot tell someone else's story if it really doesn't pertain to my own. And I I think everybody's going to be different. I think we have right the amazing and talented Carrie Underwood that sings about things that I oh my goodness, I hope she hasn't been through. Right? <laughs> but but I, she can be in that character. She can. And you're right. It's like an actress or an actor yes. who is delivered a script. And Absolutely. And that's what songs are. They're just, you know, three to three and a half minute movies. I love that. And hopefully when I'm writing, that's what you get is you 
can see the movie. That's the goal for me. And probably wouldn't be this way. Absolutely is like I'm watching a motion picture from start to finish in a little over three minutes. Yes. Well, that's good. Thank you. (laughs) And that's what always struck me so much about that song was that it took me from start to finish and I didn't know where it was going to actually end. And that was what was so genius about those lyrics and that song was that it was an aha moment at the end. Because it all starts with a song and a songwriter. Hey, thanks for listening to What's Mine Is Yours, the podcast with Tiffany Woods. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can stay updated with all things What's Mine Is Yours by visiting WMIYpodcast.com or following me on socials at Tiffany Woys and the podcast at WMIYpodcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Recorded in Nashville, Tennessee. Produced in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Tiffany Woys in conjunction with Roundhouse Entertainment. Executive producers Tiffany Woys and The Ed Hill. Original music from Robert Shavers and Kiefer Thompson. Recorded and engineered by Robert Shavers. You can check out my music on all streaming services and a special playlist we've created for each episode with songs written by each guest only on Spotify. Thanks for listening to What's Mine is Yours.